the hard shoulder. All new Stoke. With the all new Nissan Juke. The coupe crossover by Nissan. Nissan. Innovation that excites. Now, it being Tuesday and it being half past six, it's time for the Hard Shoulder Health Check. And we're joined this week by Dr. David Burke, Consultant in Cardiology and Director of Cardiology at the Beacon Hospital. Uh, David, we've heard a lot and we talk a lot here on this show about people who are vulnerable to, to, to COVID-19, particularly vulnerable people with underlying health conditions. To what extent do cardiac complaints and cardiac conditions present a problem for people battling COVID-19? Hi, Kieran. Hi, yeah. um, the, I suppose COVID-19 has primarily been a respiratory issue or a respiratory virus, and that's what we're seeing all along. But I think as time goes on, we're seeing that the cardiac effects or certainly complications are becoming more apparent, and certainly the, some of them are driving uh, people into the intensive care units. There are a few different uh, complications that can come out of the condition. One would be myocarditis, which is an inflammation of the heart muscle itself. Uh, we see some heart rhythm issues, so people run into problems with arrhythmias, and then people can then uh, push on and develop heart failure. So th- there's a sort of a, a stepwise deterioration, I suppose, as people get worse, and uh, it can add, um, obviously, a level of complexity to something that's quite complicated to begin with. But at this point, I suppose, we're, you know, the guts are nine months into this as a process, isn't it, really? And we're definitely starting to see some of the knock-on effects. I think... The patients that I see break out into three broad groups are the people who pitch up and are particularly unwell and develop um, various complications. But more and more what I'm seeing are the people who've had previous COVID and, you know, managed to struggle through the the various fever and sore throat Mm. and the fatigue and everything else. But now they're pushing on and coming back with various tweaks and twinges and palpitations and chest tightness. And as we push through a process, we are finding some heart issues all right. And are these patients who you've already seen, these are people who have previous heart complaints and now they're coming back a few months having battled COVID and their problems have exacerbated? Or are these new patients? It's a combination. I I think at the outset, everybody was, uh, you know, it was put out there that anybody who had a previous heart condition or blood pressure or diabetes or if you had lung disease or certainly obesity seemed to be a driving issue. Any of those um, comorbid or or underlying medical issues appeared to put people at a higher risk. And if you take all of the people that end up in hospital and certainly people who become more unwell and push on to the intensive care, the number of people who are particularly unwell do seem to tick quite a few of those boxes. Uh, I suppose we hear that you know younger people and people who are otherwise well tend not to run that course. Not necessarily true, but but on the whole, mm. it certainly is. So I suppose we're definitely seeing people who are unwell who have underlying issues, but then quite the opposite. You do meet people who have uh, run the gauntlet and are running into problems who certainly had nothing uh, to start with. I think anecdotally, we've all had several patients who. I, in fact, I had one chap last week who, who his baseline is that he runs Ironmans without any great difficulty at all. And now he's struggling to run a couple of hundred yards uh, and, and he's really feeling the effects of things. And this is several months later. So wow. we're, we're seeing definitely a, a dichotomy there in terms of those who had issues, certainly, and people who are now uh, running into problems. I was going to ask about that latter group, those new patients, people you hadn't seen yeah. before, like that Ironman. Do, do they fall into a particular category? Are you noticing any trend in terms of demographics or or? or age or gender or anything like that no it seems to be incredibly indiscriminate and and i think the we're seeing people who had 
you know, this description of this viral illness several months ago. I, I had a chap yesterday, in fact, who came back from France before Christmas, and he's convinced that he must have had some version of COVID, and he's still struggling to a degree. The reason he ended up coming to me, actually, is that he had some palpitations. And that's one of the things we see. Myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart muscle, uh, and it can happen with lots of other viruses, actually. Um, it can happen with the common cold, influenza, hepatitis, HIV, all sorts. And most people would not be aware of it. And I would say, you know, we're not even sure how common it is in the general population. We're seeing it now more and more with sophisticated cardiac scanning. So uh, cardiac MRI will pick these things up. And I would send a lot of patients uh, for a cardiac MRI as part of their, you know, as part of their workup and their process. And the reports tend to come back and say, heart looks structurally sound, everything's up and running. But by the way, there's an incidental finding of an old myocarditis. And we see that quite a lot but okay. with COVID it just appears to be something that's really uh, coming to the fore and it, it definitely seems to be the driver of the cardiac issues and that myocarditis when it becomes problematic and I assume could you have myocarditis and it not be problematic you know if there's people who who, yeah. who are who are coming up on scans having had old cases of it I, I assume they, they, they were well, asymptomatic to use a phrase of, of the day absolutely yeah, no, the vast majority of people are not aware of it. And like I say, I, I would say historically it was probably quite common, quite prevalent, but most of us wouldn't have a, a, any sense of that at all. And, you know, it pops up on these scans and you, it, it, it is what it is. I suppose the obvious question is, you know, has it run in people into any bother or is there any long-term effect? The vast majority of the time there doesn't appear to be. Now, it certainly it depends on severity. We would all, through our careers, have patients that we remember well who ran into problems with a very progressive and you know extensive myocarditis the problem is if your heart muscle becomes extensively inflamed the pump function starts to suffer and weaken and, and that'll lead into heart failure and that's why people tend to do badly but for the vast majority of people I suppose in, in terms of who I'm seeing most would not really be aware of it if, if though people do become aware of it how, do, how, how mm. does that happen how does it present itself as a problem the, I suppose most people get some sort of a chest tightness or chest pressure uh, in the middle of the chest. It, it, it tends to be more of an ache. It tends to be more of a grumbling, um, constant sensation, really. Um, and some people don't feel that at all. Some people get palpitations, so they feel uh, various irregularities in their heartbeat or the heart skips. The, the problem is all of these things are quite common in general terms. And I suppose the one thing I would say is that, you know, for anybody who, who has had mild COVID and has managed to struggle through it at home or, you know, mm. hasn't been particularly symptomatic, the chances of you running into problems with a, a rip-roaring myocarditis are very, very low. These things are picked up when people end up in the intensive care and are particularly unwell. Yeah, so, uh, you know... Because when, when you mention some of those symptoms, you know, a few palpitations or a few skipped beats, I know yeah. it's something that actually I had quite a problem with myself and I had to go and see a cardiologist yeah. not too long ago about it. And thankfully, there, there was nothing seriously to, to worry about. But, you know, the, the, like you said, they're, they're common. And now there'll be people listening to this thinking, oh, God, yeah, I, I, I fit I that bill. Should I be worried? Like, at what point should people get worried? 
the if it's starting to restrict you in terms of your your regular activity so you, most of us will feel you know with coffee or alcohol or fatigue or stress and all these things will feel skips in the heartbeat that's very very common so if you feel a little skip a little flutter that's probably nothing chances are it's just what we call an ectopic or an extra beat if you're having persistent palpitations so uh, very much you know heart racing a very irregular heartbeat it's very persistent it's not settling down there's no obvious reason or certainly if it's starting to cause dizziness or lightheadedness, that's different, and then it's worthwhile having a look at it. Um, but I, I suppose absolutely that. At the moment, everybody is, is completely fed up, and as soon as mm-hmm. you, you say, oh, if you're having any palpitations, maybe you should get checked out, obviously that feeds into that um, sense, and I think consciously or subconsciously, it's very easy to think that you're feeling all that. But no, the vast majority of people, if you're otherwise well, it's unlikely to be anything sinister or concerning. Uh, if for, for people then who have already underlying and identified underlying cardiac conditions, what kind conditions in particular uh, uh, can present most complications when it comes to COVID? Uh, It's it's a tricky question uh, and I suppose the patients who end up in hospital and are are unwell seem to have some degree of underlying coronary disease, seem to have some degree of underlying heart failure, uh, diabetes, obesity, uh, and hypertension. And the, the, the problem is nobody has really figured out whether it's those conditions that are putting you more at risk or whether or not it's just that your system doesn't have the same reserve to fight this bombardment with the virus because of those conditions. So nobody is really sure. Uh, and, and, and that's the issue, I suppose. It hasn't been fully fleshed or figured out yet. Uh, someone has texted in here and they say it's slightly off topic their question but I'm not sure it is they say I notice so many people are now wearing smart watches that monitor heart beats per minute should people be keeping an eye on their daily beats per minute and they can look out for any subtle changes in heart health it's an interesting one and there's a lot of work been done uh, ironically uh, I have a, a work with a team in UCD and DCU that we're about to launch within the next week or so. Uh, I, might, I might try and come back and talk to you about that, actually. But what we're doing is we're working with some of the wearable companies to see if there is an uptick in your heart rate uh, that might tip us off to uh, uh, some sort of an illness. Uh, and I suppose nobody is certain. If you do have a wearable, um, it, it might be worthwhile keeping an eye. Your, your resting heart rate uh, doesn't tend to vary hugely week on week. And most people don't go up by much more than three beats in a minute in terms of their heart rate and most people have a fair old sense of where they lie and I suppose if you find a consistent increase in your resting heart rate um, you know it, it can tip you off to something going on but uh, we're not certain of that and that's what we're going to try and figure out Yeah 57 is my resting heart rate at the moment as I sit here maybe yeah. I, I should be more engaged or something is what you're going to tell if me David No if you're pushing up beyond 60 consistently as you're sitting there <laughs> in your show then come and talk to us uh, 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 Tell me this you, you do get more complicated wearables um, and I know you can get these attachments for your phone that have these two silver plates in the back of it like a case yeah. that actually measures your, 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 your heart rate in much more detail are they something that, 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 that we'll see more and more of? 
they're very clever those little gadgets are called a live core uh, you can buy them online they're about 100 euro um, and they attach to the back of the phone you download an app and you, you just put your fingers across it turn on the app and it'll actually give you an ECG trace across the screen and it's clever you can save it you can email it on to us if there was a concern and we would have a lot of patients who have various palpitations but they happen you know infrequently and it's very difficult to catch mm. them so that's a very helpful way of just trying to spot an abnormal heart rhythm but it's also a nice way to get a reassurance for people as well a lot of the wearable companies are pushing into ECG uh, rhythm detection and analysis as well and I think we see more of that as time goes on Listen it's a fascinating stuff a fascinating future as well I'm sure in this type of work Uh, David thanks for your time here in the hard shoulder Dr David Burke consultant in cardiology and the director of cardiology at the Beacon Thank you.